listening to a podcast from Light FM. The Light Breakfast with Asha and Terry. Good morning. All this week, we are finding out more about the threading world, getting a different perspective on clothes and fashion. Today, we have Noel Khan, founder of Canoe Wear, with us. Noel, can you walk us through the start of your fashion label? What kick-started this journey into fashion and design for you? Okay, so since I was young, I've always been creative. I always loved art and design. So since I was young, I would like sketch and had this ambition to be like a fashion designer. But I've always had, you know, other ambitions as a child. But uh, when I was older, I decided to study fashion. So after much persuasion and like dropping out of a uni course, my dad allowed me to do fashion. So I went into it. So I studied fashion in Sydney and I won some scholarships. I won some competitions and then I got a scholarship to Italy. So that was my studies. Wow. Wow. Okay, so tell us about this competition you entered and and then like how you got to Italy. That's really interesting. Okay, so in Australia, when you're in school, there's many competitions. So I think I won a few of them. Wow, a few of them, she says, like, (laughs) as if she's ordering a cup of tea. (laughs) Tell us more about these competitions and what they entail. Okay, okay, one of them is the Q Award. So it's a brand in Australia. The brand name is called Q. They are local Australian brand so they will ask students to like create a, what's it called like a collection for them mm-hmm. so you know uh, mine was chosen yeah no they were they, they actually contacted me like we want to have an interview with you because you are one of the finalists right. and then after that there was no interview they just said you're the winner <laughs> oh, wow what a, what a gorgeous shock okay so yeah. that sort of catapulted you going to Italy what was that like? I think Italy was really uh, beautiful I really enjoyed my time there I think it was more of the experience I'm a person who learned more from experience so I think it's being absorbed into the atmosphere, the lifestyle, how they do things, their craftsmanship. And I think all of that is what really speaks to me. Is that what helped you sort of decide, that's it, I'm not going to work for somebody else, I'm going to start my own label? Yeah, that is part of it. Because I was working for a scarf company um, and we were like making scarves for like Chanel, <laughs> Bottega, Netta and all that. And I was like, why am I doing this? <laughs> like, I just thought like I could do something. So it just sparked a little something in me. Mm-hmm. Just sparked something. So I guess we have to ask you, uh, you know, since we're on the subject of your label, where does canoe wear come from? Is that how we say it? Yes, canoe wear. Um, I guess I've always wanted to create a label that is personal to me, but I didn't want to use my name, like Noel Khan. I didn't want to use that. So I was playing around and I just matched my name into like Khan Noel, like canoe. And so it resonates with me and it's also like a little boat and I feel like I'm like a little boat. I like to travel and I'm small. (laughs) (laughs) No, you've mentioned uh, about being to Australia, you've been to Italy. So what do you think it means to be a fashion designer like in Malaysia when it comes to the challenges that you find here in Malaysia itself? I feel that when I started my business, it was like a good time where things started to boom in the industry or it was already kind of almost like starting out to boom. So I think there's a lot of opportunities in Malaysia. We don't know it, but there is and it's a beautiful country. I love it so much. So, But have you found any particular challenges here oh. that perhaps weren't the same in, in Italy or Australia? Like what, what's what's different here that... I do feel honestly, it is easier to start a business in Malaysia than mm. if I was to start it in Australia mm-hmm. or Italy. Yeah, because uh, just in Italy, I would say with the economy there, 
it's very hard for young people to actually, oh. you know, start something. It's all the big brands that has already, you know, made something. Established yeah, already. Established yeah, established. And they hold on to that pride of the of history of their past. Mm. So mm. those grow really well. So in Malaysia, we have this thing where we are, you know, it's fresh. There's a lot of fresh opportunities. That's how I generally feel about this country. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about the fact that you work with Batik Clothing. Mm. I mean, that that's sort of the identity yeah. of your brand, which is very Malaysian. <laughs> One of my favorite things <laughs> ever, I yeah. think, is Batik. So recently you've been working with local batik makers a, a, a lot more closely. Could mm. you take us through your design process from sort of start to finish, if you could put it in a sort of nutshell for us? Okay, so my design process is actually pretty simple for me. I like batik in general, so I work with different types of batik and different batik makers, different batik suppliers. And once I get the batik, I think what will look good in from this fabric. And from there, I design something that either I would wear or I think my customers would like. Mm. So I guess from that, we kind of get the idea that it's the material that speaks to you first in terms of what you then do with it. Yes, that's what I think is like the material is like... Hi, hi Noel. I would like to be this. <laughs> no, it's like you know they they can you know what with whatever actually raw materials out there you can create something beautiful from it. So for me, the material that I enjoy and I love in fashion is batik. Mm. So I want to see what what can their be their best potential. Let me bring them to it, <laughs> bring it to life. If you were to be able to explain, obviously Malaysia, Batik is kind of everywhere. I'm sure I'm not the only sarong queen around. Definitely. Every <laughs> right. time we have a formal event, all of it comes out. You always see it appear. Exactly. Yeah. So what is it, would you say, is distinctive about Kaniwe? Right from the beginning, I think I saw a lot of traditional batik uh, clothings like kebaya and bajukada, which is really beautiful. But for me, I like things like what is palatable for the modern generation. What does the girl of today like to wear or want to wear? Uh, they might not want to wear a traditional wear, but they might want to wear something a little more in tune to their generation. And that's how I am too. So I think that is where I come and bring the batik fabric into a modern assemble. I know that you mainly make clothes for, for women. Is that a preference or is there an opportunity for it to grow? Is there a chance that more men will be able to enjoy your stylings uh, as well? I think in the it's very easy to design women's wear because I'm a woman. Mm -hmm. So I know what I like. So I would kind I can kind of like six sense with other women's like I think I know what they like. So with men I was a bit of a trouble in the beginning. But then after that I also always wanted to I wanted to do kids wear so I want to do everything. Okay so I have a small like a men's range which has been growing since like I think two years ago mm -hmm. so there I've already uh, ventured into menswear too so asking for a friend which is me like <laughs> <laughs> you know you chosen batik you think okay it's it's simple but are there any specific challenges when it comes mm -hmm. to making clothing with batik that, that the people kind of don't know about don't realize that actually has been a bit of a stopper from it having the global success it could get? I don't think it's so much of an issue because batik comes, actually you can make it in all sorts of fabric. And there's also the two types. There's the digitally print batik motif mm -hmm. and there's the batik making. So that's when you really use the wax and the dyeing. And so that is like the real arts of batik making. But they're both called batik. Right. Do you use both interchangeably or are you? do you have a preference of one more? 
more than the other? I do use both. Somehow, like the Malaysians, when they think of batik, they actually think of the batik uh, motif more than sometimes the batik making skill. Because when you make the batik with wax and all that, you can actually make it however you want it. But mm. that's just mm. a, a way. A process. Uh, yeah, a process. The batik process. Right, so, right. yeah. What kind of future do you see for Canoe Wear? We will be having a physical store soon. So, yes, you can come and try out clothes. <laughs> what about world domination on the global scale? What about, you know, I don't know, bikinis or I don't know, like, where would step you like by to... step. But yeah, my, my friend was like, he wants a bate underwear. So, you know. That's definitely, I, I'm sure that's going to happen. Yeah, that's kind of odd. I don't know. I have to say that's kind of odd. <laughs> I would want to show off my batik, I have to say. Who's to say you can't show it off, no matter what type of apparel it's on? And I'm trying to find out also, I would like to know, like, um, seeing as you are a part of the Malaysian fashion industry, right? Is there something you feel that makes you stand out apart from all the other brands that are available here locally? Yeah. I think it is when, uh, as a creator, it comes from, like, my mind and my heart and it comes out. I think that's what makes it kind of different because every human being is unique. So everybody has their own way of producing and creating something. So this one, it comes from me. And I believe what's different about Canoe is that, yeah, it's a modern batik wear and it's embraced in the identity of a tropical child. I always try to bring that in. Looking at Canoe wear as a whole, I see it as something that's very fun. And I wonder whether or not it was intentional for you to bring back the cool of batik to the younger generations. Because I know when, if you ask most people below, I guess, 30 even, <sighs> right, about batik, and they'll think sarong, house dress, kaftan, <laughs> but they don't think about the kinds of things you wear. So do you think that for you, it was, it was a way for you to marry your love of fashion and frivolity with this sort of obviously very heritage-centric thing? Yes, I think so. I think in the beginning, I've always wanted to create a label, right? And I wanted to embrace my identity as a Malaysian, as a child of the tropics. Like, I'm thinking, why do I have to follow maybe what's happening outside in the other countries and all that? Why do I have to take their reference of trend and all that? I have something special. This country has something special. We have to move forward. So why don't I take that opportunity to bring it forward? I love that. I'd love that. Yeah, we Absolutely. appreciate that, that you've shared with us your, your journey as well. Now... I have one last question okay. about Batik, if you don't mind squeezing sure, go for in. It. Go for it. What's the piece of Batik that was the inspiration that made you fall in love with Batik in the first place? And do you still have it? I would say I think it was my grandmother had like a batik. I think it's actually a kebaya or was a set, but I took it and wore it as a kimono. Oh. So from there, it's like I just wear it like that was like 10 years ago or something. Just wear it out as a casual throwover. So I, I like that. And then, yeah, that was, I guess that's my first piece. That's of, the first thing that comes to mind when yeah. you think of how you began this love story of yours. <laughs> With, with batik. I love that. Do you still have it? Because I did mission work in the Philippines and I left oh, some no. clothes there. No. <laughs> so I no. think I You lost it? Yeah. Well, Somewhere in the Philippines Somewhere now. Somewhere in the Philippines, yeah. <laughs> there is this really important piece of batik that's in the form of a kimono <laughs> that's lying there. Probably in some or in someone's house or they're wearing Hopefully they're getting use out of it, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. You have to, yeah, if you find it, can you get in touch with Noel? So Noel, uh, what is the way to actually shop for your batik wear? Um, you can 
can go to our, our website at www.canoeware.com and follow us on Instagram. You can see our latest updates yeah, and all our designs. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. Okay. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to a Light FM podcast on Shock. That's S-Y-O-K.